I've been thinking about a subject um, that I'm going to try and uh, articulate my thoughts on on it. And again, it's uh, my truth that is um, in me that um, I am trying to just answer and learning about. But um, the thought of uh, the, the concept of that we're taught from an early age to fear God. And when you read um, or learn your Bible uh, stories and everything, we're taught to fear God. And early on, that has never sat right with me to fear God because I understand fear to be a, a different thing. Um, and I think that's a lot of the reason why God may be misunderstood in a lot of circles. Um, and again, this is my opinion. Um, and what I mean circles, uh, I mean religions. And, you know, everybody has, we have, it, it's no, you know, no hiding it, that we have many, many religions around the world. And if you've ever thought about it, why? Why do we have numerous amounts of religions? I don't know how many there are, but I would be willing to say there are hundreds uh, plus of different types of religions and, and beliefs. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why isn't God clear on what he wants? Why isn't there just something laid out to what he needs us to do? And um, why is there so many differences? So a while back, um, you know, I started thinking about this fear of God. And you're always hearing people say, um, man, that person, I've listened to his uh, sermons or read his books, and he's a God-fearing man or she's a God-fearing woman. And again, that has not sat right with me. Um, and that's just my, my, uh, you know, perception of it, that fear is of, fear is not of God, first of all. Um, and to be told to fear God is something that we should be asking questions about and why it was put forth that way when actually it wasn't, um, originally, uh, meant to be translated that way. And you, you talk to people about it and you ask that question, fear, and, and right away they remove the fear definition and they put in more of a reverence definition. Well, if that's the case, why don't they say, why don't you, we are, you know, I'm a God reverencing, you know, I'm a man that reverences God and, you know, rather than fearing God. And um, so let me read to you the definitions of fear and the definitions of reverence. So fear as a noun is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, like to cause pain or a threat. Now, that's very true. If you if you read the first uh, the new or the first scriptures, uh, the Old Testament, and you read all through those books and you read all the calamities that happened and all the things that were brought upon the people, God's people. And remember, these are God's creation, that he created this. 
and he's bringing upon all this stuff that we read about and it causes pain and it is dangerous and it's a threat. And that's the definition of fear. So when you're a God-fearing man or woman, let's go a God-fearing person from now on. If you're a God-fearing person, are you afraid of danger? Are you afraid of pain? Are you afraid of the threat that was put down by uh, someone or something that something will happen to you if you don't, if you disregard that law or that uh, precept put down. Um, and if you read it as a verb, fear is to be afraid of someone or something is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. So in my mind, if you're a God-fearing person, you're afraid of God. And you're afraid of what he might do to you. You're afraid of what he might bring to the earth. You're afraid of the danger if you don't um, present yourself as the Christian that you're told to by the religion that you're in. That you're a fear that you're, yeah, you are um, a God-fearing person. Now, let's put that into context with um, maybe being a parent. And I know not everybody's a parent, but let's put that in as a parent. Now, you created this being, you and your spouse, um, and you bring this being into the world. And you teach it. And you tell it no, and you tell it, you know, no, 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 hot, 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 uh, don't touch that, or don't, you know, don't go directly up to the dog's face and, you know, don't pull the tail. No, no, no. Those are all instructions to kind of stay alive around this earth, you know, on this earth. And so you're teaching that little creature, um, your son or daughter, that are the ways of life. Now, as they grow up and you continue to teach them, are you teaching them to fear you and what you say and that's the way they should live their life out of fear of the parents of what they might do like let's say for simple terms if you don't get good grades i'm taking away your car if you don't present yourself in the most upright christian way i I'm going to take away your phone or I will follow you. Make sure that you're doing the right thing. I'll be the, I'll be the eye in the sky that will follow you to make sure you're doing the right thing. Now, if your children choose to go through life like that, that's fine. And not saying that's the wrong way or the right way, but that's fine. But they're, but they're doing things which they think are their free will, but they're doing things still to please the parent out of fear. Now, if you take that concept and you reverse it and you teach your kids out of love, like, no, 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 don't touch that, it's hot. 
no, 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 don't grab the tail of the dog. He might turn around and bite you. That is what you would call like a, a teaching of love about not doing that. And it's not that it's a fearful thing to them. They just know that it's not the right thing to do. But they're not in fear every time you walk into the room when they're around the stove or when they're around the dog. They're not in fear of you because you're just trying to teach them the correct way to, to live. But if every time you walked into the room and they were near the stove or near the dog, you would yell and scream or tell them to go to their room or didn't I tell you to stay away? And, you know, so those are all fear tactics to create obedience. So fear, the unpleasant emotion caused by a belief that someone or something is dangerous, then that's what they think you are. You're a dangerous fearful they're in fear of you as a parent um rather than love and then you know they grow up and then we always hear stories about how they how they never come back to the house and visit and they never yeah because they they've broken free of that fear and they've they've able to think for themselves and know that that fear wasn't real and that they have a different understanding of what um, their truth is, and they go about their life, um, some, uh, but then some others will go throughout their life fearing, and they'll, they'll do exactly what um, their parents say and follow their life that way, and they're really not happy with what they're doing. But, they're, but yet they're doing what they think pleases. This is what I'm getting at. If you're doing what you think pleases, but you're really not happy, then are you really living for God? Are you really experiencing life as a human that he, that he created? Are you really experiencing life that way? Or are you being manipulated into thinking that you have to be a certain way out of control of a certain religion? Now, the religions, um, now again, we're still talking about fear. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote in the Bible that everybody, every time I bring up the discussion, there's a quote in the Bible. Uh, it's Proverbs 9.10. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then they stop. Well, okay, so let's take the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom. So if you fear the Lord... You have wisdom. Is that is that what it's saying? To me, that's not what it's saying. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning, meaning you have just now started. If you have fear of the Lord, you are just now beginning your trek or your path to wisdom. Because you're going to find out in the next, in the same verse, when you read the rest of the verse, it says, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So when you start at the beginning of and thinking about God and the fear, and you start getting the knowledge based on that, you are going to start understanding a little bit better what God truly is, and you don't fear 
a loving, giving God. Now, when I've had this discussion, people will say, well, yeah, but that's not, you're not quite understanding what that means. And I said, okay, well, I'm not understanding what the fear is. So I, I understand that. But how is that making you know who God is? If you fear him, if you're always uh, trembling at everything, maybe your thoughts and, you know, what your mind thinks and you're, and you're trembling at the, maybe the disgust in yourself of what you're thinking or what you're doing or what you know is not right that you think, Oh no, the, cause you have a fear of God that he's going to punish. Remember fear as a definition is the unpleasant emotion. Now, if you're going through life, whatever denomination you are, or whatever religion you are, if you're going through life with an unpleasant emotion, I don't believe that God, the creator of the universe, wants you to go through life like that. And that unpleasant emotion is caused by the belief that has been programmed in all of us at an early age that we need to fear this superpower because this superpower will wipe you off the face of the earth. And, and that's true because we read about that all happening over and over and over again in the Old Testament, that you better do this. I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. Don't build that. I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. Don't, uh, if you forget to put the blood on your, on your um, door frame, um, you're going to be wiped out with all the rest of them. So it's always a fear tactic. Now, I believe that the fear tactic was not put down by God. I believe that the fear tactic was to control, and that was put down by religion. And all, you know, I haven't been part of all religions, but I've been part of few of a few, and um, they all have their own version of fear to keep you in the church. And not to say that's right or wrong. Now, I'm not wanting to get on a soapbox here to say, you know, drop religion or whatever, but it, you have to start really thinking about where you're at, what your, what your emotions are, what your feelings are. And if something doesn't, if you don't agree with something, then you need to ask a question about it. Now, you might not be able to go to your, your people, you know, the ones you're affiliated with in your circle. You may not be able to go to those people and ask because you'll get the same answers, the same answers that I got where the ultimate answer is, well, Sean, we just, we just won't know that until we get to heaven. Well, holy smokes, man. I mean, am I supposed to just sit around and follow what um, you're saying and just follow the herd and uh, hope that that's correct? Or am I to search out and knock at the door and find out what's going on? Well, I believe you need to search out and find out what's going on. And that's what the verse says. Proverbs 9, 10 again. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So you have to understand what the fear of God is. And if you're fear, if you're using the definition of fear as it is written in the dictionary, that's the wrong. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that's the wrong. That's a perception of God that you can have 
but I think you'll have an unpleasant emotion your whole life. And that's guilt and dread and fear that you're not ever going to be perfect or doing the right thing. And then you live your life like that. And people get depressed. People, um, you know, they, they seem like they're happy. They, they seem, but, but yet they still have that question of why, why now that's just a little touch on that. So let's now, let's now, um, touch on what they kind of, and I say they, meaning, um, when you ask that question, uh, why are we taught to fear God or why are you a God fearing man or why are you a God fearing person? They always refer this fear thing to a respect and an awe in a, you know, so much divine power that you fear God. Well, no, um, the, the term fear and respect don't go in the same category. So respect, respect and reverence, let's say to reverence God, respect that here's the, the term, the, the definition in the dictionary, respect as a noun, a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Now, I think that's a much healthier way to think about God, that I am a God, I am a God respecting person. I'm not going to substitute the the fear I'm not going to substitute the definition of respect for the word fear because it doesn't mean the same thing. But when fear is used, that's used to control. I don't think God's controlling us. I think God gives us our free will. Um, we, and, and, and as you see the stories, he gives us our free will and there are consequences for that. But when you respect God, you kind of understand the consequences. And if you decide to go off the route, to go off the path, you understand the consequences, but you also know that the, there is a loving God and he's going to work with you and bring you back into the fold. And that's, we read story after story of that, bringing, bringing you back into the fold. And if you do respect as a verb, it says, admire someone or something deeply as a result of their abilities. So wouldn't it be better to have a good, healthy respect for God and on his abilities and his power, which he does have, and not fear it, but respect it? And the same thing now goes with parents. You know, if you're, I'm, I'm bringing this in because we always think of God as our parent. We're the son of God. We are the daughter of God. So he's our parent and you have kids. So you're their parents and you're, you're um, bringing up this person in a world. And if they have a healthy respect of you and your teaching, then they will always come to you for answers and, um, talk with you about things going on in their life that may be um, less than positive, let's say, that they'll come to you and kind of ask your guidance and everything. But think of it, if they're, if they're afraid of you, they might go somewhere else and find their guidance. So, and that's where it comes in where God says, uh, have no other gods before me. I mean, because they'll go, you know, 
people will go somewhere else. And we have a story, you know, Moses comes back, back from up the hill and all of a sudden there's, there's cow worship going on. And he's thinking, wait a second, man, I just went up the hill and what's wrong with you people? They were looking for something that wasn't maybe so fearful or taught to be fearful of. It was easy. Now, someone will say, well, see, Sean, you just said it. It was easy. So it's people will always go the easiest route. Well, you can have that argument. I and I, you know, that would be a, a good argument. But there again, if you're if you're running through life with fear that controls you, you are not really having a free will. You're not really doing things out of free will and love. You're doing things out of fear of not doing the right thing according to what the guidelines are. And you're running, you're running scared of what will happen. And if that's the life you want to live, that's fine. Um, but that's not the life of free will and experience on the human experience of this life. Um, you know, there are, there are religions out there that, you know, also have, um, Let's put it this way, that the books of the New Testament were basically put into place in 382 AD. That's 382 years, according to what we know, after Jesus walked the earth. 382 years. And then they decided to put together the New Testament of the writings that were, you know, put together by uh, disciples and apostles and people who knew the story and they wrote down their thoughts. Well, I'm sure there was a lot of things. And as we know, some of the things were not put in the Bible um, that were chosen. Now these were chosen by men, by humans. And you'll have the, the discussion about, well, yeah, but these men were holy men. These men were men of, of God, and they were able to discern what was needed and what was not. Were they? Can you really, can you really say that they were? If you can, that's fine. That's your truth. I am not of that camp. I am thinking it was put together to control the herd, control the sheep, and make them fearful of not getting to heaven, fearful of not living a life that is looked upon from above as a good life. So they have, they put together these precepts or these principles or these, um, laws or, you know, whatever religion, certain religions call them, but their uh, guidelines of how they want you to live in their circle. And we all, all the people of the world think they have the truth and they think they have the, the inspired scriptures or inspired, in, inspired writings. Um, the Catholic church put together you know, King James and uh, his crew put together the King James Bible. And, you know, I'm fully aware that those aren't the original writings, um, that there's earlier writings. And you know what? There's earlier writings of those earlier writings. 
So once you start getting the knowledge and the understanding of God and who he truly is and not just a, a certain religion, you'll see those writings as inspired no matter where they came from. Um, and, and then you have people in, in discussions I've had, well, Sean, that's a, that's a slippery slope. You don't know where those writings are from and you're, you know, how do they aren't, how do you know they're not from the devil? Well, you know, holy smokes again, man. I mean, are, if I'm praying to God and asking for discernment and I'm, and I'm asking him to show me the way and to, to answer my questions again, I think I've said it before. Am I, are my prayers being, you know, diverted to an unhealthy source just to get me? Then how can I trust God to hear my, my prayers and my meditations? And how can I trust that? So if you have an answer for that, let me know. But I am trusting that the power that I am talking to is God. And he's going to guide me in the direction that I need to go to learn the knowledge that I need to learn so I can understand the questions that I have. And they might not all come from the circle of religion that you're in. Because again, why do we have so many religions? And is that the way it's meant to be? So, the Catholic Church put together the New Testament, um, wrote down the things, and that was about, you know, 382 AD. And they were the authority. Uh, they were put together on the authority of the church inspired by the Holy Spirit. So as long as they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, everything's hunky-dory. Everything's great. Okay, so we'll, they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. Well, does that mean nobody else is inspired by the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy, does the Holy Spirit only work in one religion or one circle i would hope not and as we find out that the hindus have the vedas which they think are inspired writings the muslims have the quran which think which they think those are inspired writings the buddhists have the sutras the japanese have the shinto so and they all they all all these cultures think that or no, let's say they, they don't think, they know that those are inspired writings in their culture. So who are we to judge where one is from and one and one is not, you know? Well, those can't be, and, and these are. And so if these are, this is what you need to listen to, even though it's teaching you to be, in con to be controlled and um, to fear and you know, you can believe in that or not, um, but now, not to say that I do believe the Bible is divinely inspired, and there are, you can you can think of it literal when you read it, you can think of it um, non-literal, let's use that term, when you read it, but you know, when you, when you talk to people, um, Christians, about that, um, They'll read stories and then they'll say, well, that, you know, that's just, you know, uh, analogy of, or a metaphor, but this story is real. This story took place, but this story is a metaphor. And okay, well, what, what a metaphor for what? Tell me, 
explain to me why this is a metaphor and this other story that you say is real it has real characters in it um is not a metaphor oh well it can be both it can be both okay so how am i supposed to read this and understand it well when you start thinking for yourself and you start asking God to show you the way. Now remember, God is God. He is the creator of all. So everybody on this face of this earth, having the human experience is under his authority, let's say, if you want to put it that way. Now, if we run around fearing that authority, are we ever going to truly love God? Now, you can love from your head and you can love from your heart. To me, if you love from your head, you are loving out of fear. If you love from your heart, you are truly a part of God. And that's like when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within you. So if it's within me, I'm not going to fear, but I'm going to respect. And there's going to be a healthy respect there for the creator. And, you know, to go a little bit farther on this fear and respect term, people of, of the earth, let's say, honestly, people of the earth, I mean, that's a wide thing because we all have different laws and different cultures and everything. Let's say the United States here. We we as the people are a lot of people are fearful of the government. So does that mean they have respect for the government or are they fearing what the government will do? Now I'm not a, a conspiracy theorist or anything but a lot of people are afraid of that. We're, we're always afraid what the feds will do with the interest rates. We're always afraid, afraid with and the, and the IRS. So if you, if you fear the IRS, that's what they want you to, that, that's what they've taught you and programmed you throughout the years is to fear the IRS. Now, I don't know of anybody who respects the IRS. I, I'm, I'm not, not my circle, but we're always fearful if we don't do the right thing and put down the right check marks and this and, you know, give this and give that. And, and that we're fearful and, and that consequence is going to jail. Now that's not a respect. That's a fear. And that's what I'm trying to get at is that if you fear things, it's not, out of love it's not out of your heart it's it's out of your thought pattern or your program that's programmed in your mind in your head in your brain now people fear a lot of things i'm not going to say that fear is something you shouldn't have but people fear a lot of things uh people fear of jumping out of an airplane even with a parachute on that would be me i mean but i know of people including my wife that have conquered that fear and jumped out of an airplane. And you know, once she did that, that fear is no more. And that fear is gone because she understands it now. 
and she went through it. So she's not fearful. So she has the wisdom and the understanding of fear. And it's not fear anymore. Now, she has a respect for jumping out of a plane because if that parachute doesn't open, there's consequences. But also there's respect for when the parachute opens, the glorious effect of, I made it through the fear. Now I get to enjoy and I get to enjoy life. So those are just some examples of that, um, that, you know, you can go on for days about fear of God. And I, and I, like I said, I've, for two weeks, I have kind of been on the internet, reading books and the fear of God. And I'll tell you overwhelmingly 80 to 90% of the stuff you read is that we need to fear God and that it's healthy. And you know what? I've, I've, throughout my life, I've never been one to follow a group or be want to be part of a group so badly that I would do anything to be part of that group. And maybe that's just my makeup, my, my nature. But when I was reading those things, I was thinking all these people, if you live in fear of that, you're going to live in fear of everything in what's being said. People lived in fear of COVID. People lived in fear of masks. People lived of not wearing a mask. People lived in fear of the vaccine, of getting the vaccine, of not getting the vaccine. Confusion. And unless you're true to yourself, which means emotionally being true to yourself, connecting your heart and your mind together to be rational about what is going on in this human experience. That's how you overcome this fear thing that is not real. And you've heard that said before, but there is a respect for the power out there. Now those powers live within you. There's negative power and there's positive power. Whichever one you feed the most is the one that's going to prevail. And what you resist the most is the one that will persist. So if you are fearing the creator and kind of resisting um, the truth about who the creator really is, that's going to persist in your life, which is the fear. And when we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the Son of God comes to claim his, you know, his uh, people, he is not walking around with his group and chastising people and telling them they're doing the wrong thing. You're never going to make it. You'll never be perfect. You'll never walk on water. You'll never do this. But yet he's trying to teach them how to walk on water. There's an example of that. And he's trying to teach them that they have power and that there's wording there that you will do more 
than he has done. Well, how is that possible? He's the son of God. Well, you need to dive into that question that you have. Because then you'll know and you'll have understanding, which is then wisdom. And then you'll have no more fear of the creator out there that's helping us through life and helping us have this human experience here on earth. So that's just a, a small thought that I've had for the last couple of weeks of, you know, I, I'm not going to say that people are God fearing anymore. Um, I'm going to say they're God respecting. And that's two different definitions. Don't combine them. Don't substitute one for the other. They mean different things. And, uh, if you truly want to live and and uh, experience God in his full form, you will see that love and you will see that respect everywhere. Every time you look at someone, you'll see the respect and love that God is and not fear that power. This is all about the human experience. And that's all I know for now.